0: one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rides and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee
1: all right welcome back to another Sunday Sunrise on Chap Chat Podcast. Uh, this Sunday is extremely uh, special to me uh, because I get the opportunity to be with um, uh, a man I call Dad. Um, his name is Jim, and uh, he has a lot of history. <laughs> um, I, I am just excited. Uh, I traveled to Oklahoma to do this interview and, um, I, I really just want to hear his, his life, his testimony and, uh, his wisdom that he has to pass down to me and then the younger generations as well. So, um, Jim Kimball, it is an honor to have you on the podcast well thank you uh i uh i go back a long ways to get my first memory of you um <laughs> uh it's uh just i i don't i can't even tell how how young i was but i was a youngster, um uh probably in diapers but uh anyway um so when I met you, you were already a preacher. Yes, and uh, I thought you came out preaching. I just thought that's <laughs> when I first met you. Uh, uh, he was the original cowboy preacher. He <laughs> he had uh, boots and a hat, and uh, uh, I mean everything about him was cowboy. And I grew up in North Dakota, so oh my goodness, that was my hero right there. <laughs> So I always looked forward to coming and and being able to uh, visit. So um what I would really love is just to have you tell a little bit about your your early life um and how you grew up and and how different that is from than it is now.
0: Well, you have to go back to when I was born. I was born in September of 1933 right in the middle of the Dust Bowl in the Depression days. And for those of you who did live, live through that, those were difficult times, to say the least. Life did not improve for us, for my family, the family that I was in, mm. until the end of the 40s, after the war started. And to say that it was difficult... Is is putting it is putting it mildly. Uh, today we're all we, we all we've got to get food out for the kids for the food out for the kids for the food out for the kids. Okay, I understand that. Many times at those younger years from from thirty five on, uh, we went to bed hungry.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, the summer of thirty six, I have to mention that. We lived in Skytook, Oklahoma, one of the hottest summers on record. Mm. We never heard of air conditioning. <laughs> we didn't know what a fan was. Wow. And we lived in a little two-room shack in Skytook, Oklahoma at that time. Mm. And uh, it, it was it was difficult, that's putting it mildly, to say the least. Mm. Men were out of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you could buy a job. There there were no jobs. Wow. I watched my dad leave with a cardboard suitcase and a few clothes to go north to make the harvest. Wow. He wound up in Pilgrim, Nebraska, mm. working in the harvest up there. Eventually, he got a job in the local area there, and things got a little better. I started the school On Tuesday after Labor Day, 1939, Now, I wore a pair of shoes to school that my mother cut up a road map and stuck in the bottom of them because there were holes in the soles. Okay. Uh, That's what life was like in those early days. Eventually, we moved to Manford, Oklahoma, out on a farm out in out in the country south of Manford. That would have been in, in 40, 41, somewhere along in there. Mm-hmm. And still, times were hard. They didn't get any better until after the war got started. We got some cows to milk and so on, and it got a little bit better. <clears throat> we left there in 45. My dad was a foreman on a big cattle ranch over east of Broken Arrow.
2: Hmm.
0: And so I grew up on a cattle ranch. I was a cowboy. I broke horses. We worked cattle. Somewhere along the line in there, I started trying to rodeo some, riding Bronx and bulls, trying to. Mm -hmm. And uh, I even clowned some rodeos. I worked the cotton mill here in Sand Springs, the Commander Mills. Mm. I worked there for a year. Now, I'm coming up on 19 years of age, and things happened at the cotton mill that caused a bunch of us to quit. Mm. The Korean War was going on. I could not buy a job. Wow. So I joined the Air Force. Mm -hmm. I was sworn in on the first day of August. 1952, Mm. basic training at San Antonio at Lackland. October shipped up to Amarillo. Went to Jet Mechanics School there in 53. They kept me to teach jet mechanics. Mm -hmm. And so I was in the air training command for basically five years. Wow. In November of fifty-seven. I transferred to the Strategic Air Command SAC at Schilling Air Force Base, Salina, Kansas. Mm. Crew chief on the B-47 jet bomber. I served in that capacity. I was a, f- a crew chief, a flight chief, a line chief. <clears throat> we the Korean War, the Korean War, the Cold War, the Cold War was going on. Mm-hmm. That was uh, between United States and and Russia, and uh, we pulled what was called reflex duty. Mm-hmm. A, f- a wing of airplanes would be in a, another locale: Guam, England, Alaska, Morocco. Right. Uh, as a, it was reflex. If Russia started something, these were ready to go. Mm,
2: okay.
0: I. Uh, I didn't go to Guam, I didn't go to England, I was in Alaska in 59, and uh, 1959, let me back up, we had been attending church there in Salada, Kansas at Grace Baptist Temple, this was in the summer of 59, mm-hmm. 58, 59, and so I was connected with the church, I got to Alaska, I'm, Flight chief, and things were pretty bad. Hmm. And uh, on the twenty-sixth of September of fifty-nine, I had written a letter to to Brother Jane, the pastor at Salina, and I'd written a letter to Dorothy mm-hmm. and asked her not to leave me. And asked on the twenty-sixth of September was a Saturday,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I got the mail and I got a letter from Dorothy. Got a letter from Brother Jane. <laughs> Dorothy, she told me she wouldn't leave me, but she's going to be some changes when Sergeant Kimmel came home from Alaska. <laughs> Brother Jane told me I needed to be saved. Mm. Well, to make a long story short, it was all day long. My roommate was Jib Bowie. <laughs> he had gotten saved in Salina on Easter Sunday prior to that. Wow. I got in his locker and got his Bible. I didn't know how to read the Bible. I thought you read it like St. Ray, chapter Mm. 1, verse (laughs) 1. So I started reading the Bible, Genesis 1-1. I'd read a while, pray a while, cry a while. Mm. This went on all day long. Jim came in about 10 o'clock at night, and I know I was in Exodus Drowned the Egyptians in the Red Sea when Jim, when Jim <laughs> came in. That's where I was. Uh. And we sat there and talked at about 2 o'clock in the morning. We went to bed, and, and uh, I got saved. I asked the Lord to come into my heart and save me, and he did. Mm. And life changed from that time onward. Wow. And uh, I, 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 I want to say this. I'm not thumping by chest, okay? In Alaska, we, went, we had three ships, three crews, mm-hmm. and I was a flight chief on one crew. We spent three days on the alert pad. We I, I, On the alert pad, we lived over in the hangar, and I was 50 yards from where nine B-47s with a armor, enough armor armament to blow half of the world away. Mm-hmm. And I was responsible for them, the ground crews, and the flight crews, when well, they came out there for alert duty and whatnot. And I, well, I finished my tour of duty there in October of 59. And uh, I'm not going into the airplane, <laughs> the KC-97 <97 laughs> at, at Rapid City, but we almost <laughs> died. All of us did. Uh. And uh, then in 62, I now I, I, I back up. I'm saved. Mm-hmm. I got in church in Salina and uh, was active. Dorothy and I were youth directors, and I was church clerk, and I don't know what. I did a lot of work at the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, during that time, God began to deal with me about a call to preach. Mm-hmm. And I surrendered to preach, Brother Jane tried to talk me out of it. And, <laughs> and I told him that I didn't care what he said. God called me to preach, so I was going to preach. Mm. Then in sixty, I, I put in for a discharge on Air Force regulations thirty nine eleven. I think it was. I don't remember. Yeah, that's to get right. out and go to Bible college. Yeah, and then in sixty two, I uh, I went to Morocco, mm. and I was, I was supposed to be over there ninety days. I was only over there forty four, and came back home. And uh, then in on the twenty fourth day of August of that year. I was discharged from the Air Force, and we moved to Springfield, Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, to go to Baptist Bible College, mm. and uh, I built a roofing business. I had uh, thirty-five or forty of the biggest builders in in the Springfield area. Now that encompassed a lot of area around there. I, we, my crew, did all of their roofing for them. Wow. So, and uh, during that time, I I was pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church in Nixa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we built a new uh, new Butler building, mm-hmm. forty by seventy-two. I say we, mostly Dorothy and I built it. Wow! But uh, when I went there, we had about sixteen or seventeen people, and uh, we got up to about a hundred and twenty something like that. Had a lot of people saved. Mm-hmm. Then in uh, in 1967, a friend of mine came here to Sand Springs to fill the pulpit for a guy who was out of town. Mm-hmm. And he called me and told me, he said, Jim, that, that guy is leaving. That church is going to be open at Sand Springs. Mm-hmm. So I uh, sent a letter and told him I'd be interested. Mm-hmm. They wrote me back and told me they were not interested, that uh, they had all they wanted a candidate. Mm. And then uh, in January or February, something along in there, uh, they called me and asked me to come and candidate. <laughs> and on the first Sunday of March of '67, mm. I came here and preached and candidated that they called me the pastor, and we moved here. And I've been here ever since. Wow. And in that in that process we had a private Christian school. We had a Christian school for I don't know, like forty two years. Mm. Uh, I guess that's about it. <laughs> building program, build a new Sunday school building. Uh huh. Uh thirty by a hundred Now, we did that odd number. Mm -hmm. We tore an old church down, down at Broken Mm Arrow, and uh, the steel out of it carried the second floor of the Sunday school building we built, so that's why I had to build it 30 feet. That's how long the steel was.
1: (laughs) Well, there you go.
0: And. Mm the lady that I'm married to right now, I lost my first wife 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. We had four children, two, uh, three boys and, and uh, one daughter. Right. And uh, my oldest son died oh, 17 or 18 years ago. He was bereaved. And uh And so that le- My I lost my wife, my first wife, 11 years ago. And the lady that I'm married to now is the brother of this dude that's running on. <laughs> We knew her, mm. Ruby, Dorothy and I knew her in Salida. She was at our youth department. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to college together. Ruby and I graduated from college the same class in 65. Mm. And my late wife, Dorothy, and Ruby's late husband, Richard, graduated together in 67 from college. Mm. And, uh, oh, that that's about the story of the life as far as I know. <laughs> okay. So- now, what... <sighs> What do you want to know? Is that it?
1: Oh, well, yeah, that's a that's a good overview. Uh, um, so some of the stories that I, I remember hearing uh, about you um, when you were clowning, um, I'm going to kind of go back and ask questions about some of those time periods. Okay. But uh, when I met you, there was a whole lot of clowns still left in you. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about your clowning days.
0: Well, I uh, this was in uh, this would have been in '51. I lived here in Sand Springs with my mother and dad, uh-huh. and was working at Commander Bill's. And they had a roundup club, but back in those days, every little old town had a roundup club, and ah, okay. occasionally they'd put on a rodeo. Mm-hmm. So the Sand Springs had a roundup club, and they just put on a little rodeo. And uh, I just said, well, I'm going to have some fun and try to clown this thing. <laughs> so I put on some old baggy clothes and went out there to clown and and uh, bull riding. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Tom Stanford, I think it was, had the stock. Mm-hmm. And he had this big old Brahma bull that they called banana horn because <laughs> his horns were yellow.
3: Oh, okay. all right. Uh-huh.
0: Well, he bucked this guy off, and he was standing right out in the middle of the arena, down toward, kind of down towards the west end. And this clown, this rider's bull rope had come off, and so I went out there, eased along, you know, and picked up the bull rope and was rolling it up and everything. And that stinking bell went boing, <laughs> and that old bull turned around. I knew he meant mild violence to my delicate body. <laughs> And so I left him the bull rope and I took off. <laughs> the arena fence was eight feet high. Right. I knew I couldn't get over it. Right. But it was about six inches off of the ground.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I went under it <laughs> lengthwise. <laughs> right. Just mm. as he hit the fence. Mm. And uh, that was my first experience at Cloudy. I liked it. Right. And, uh, so I went on H.D. Lee Company at Kansas City, Missouri. Uh-huh. I have two clown outfits from them, pants and shirt. Mm-hmm. Still have them. Wow. And uh, so I clown rodeos here in Sand Springs, Tulsa Trail Riders, Sepulpa, uh, Ben Ben Johnson Memorial at Oligal, uh, several around here. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I went and am in the Air Force. I'm still clowning in the Air Force. Wow. And uh, I'd come home. They'd have one on Memorial Day weekend. It'd always be a rodeo around here somewhere. Right. Fourth of July, uh-huh. Labor Day. Except there'd always be a rodeo somewhere. Right. So I'd be clowning here Sandspray, Tahlequah. I clown rodeos down at Tahlequah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in August of 54... I clowned Jake Mitchell and I
2: mm-hmm.
0: clowned the top of Texas rodeo at Pampa, Texas. Wow. And, uh, Jake had to leave on Friday night and go to, Oh, he had to go West for another rodeo. Mm-hmm. So I'm left for Saturday by myself. Well, it rained all day Saturday
2: <laughs>
0: and, uh, They wouldn't let us rodeo on Sunday afternoon, but we could do it Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And a a guy that had a saddle shop in Amarillo had a mule, (laughs) and he let me ride that mule in the Grand Entry, and I got a big umbrella. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's how it was. Now, the last rodeo I clowned was the Shabrock Day Rodeo, Shamrock, Texas on March the 17th 1955. Mm. That was the last one I clowned. Mm. But I had a lot of fun doing it and there's still a little bit of clown left in me. I still <laughs> like to have fun.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is, uh, I could go into story after story of of the clown that I <laughs> That is still left in you, Uh, and you have you've brought a lot of laughter to a lot of people. I don't know, especially yourself.
0: Now, I I can feel you in. So back when I was a kid, Uh okay, we hunted and we fished. Right. A lot of times, what we caught fishing. Or what we got hunting mm-hmm. is what we had to eat.
3: Right. Yeah.
0: Now this is, this is probably, this is probably forty two, might be forty three. In that, in that time frame, mm-hmm. we lived on that farm south of Banford a place called Fish Creek. Right. And there was a wild hog, <laughs> and he was blind. Oh. That roamed that part of the country. And and we didn't have much to eat. And Dad and I went out and hunted that stinking hog all day long. Wow. And we never did find him. Wow. So we're coming home. That It's almost sundown. It's late in the evening, mm-hmm. dusk. And we're coming up towards the barn from the southwest on an old cow path. Uh-huh. And there's a little, dad's carried a pole axe. Didn't have a gun. Color carried a pole axe. Wow. And he said, stop. And there's a little bush there. And there was a cottontail rabbit under that bush. And dad hit him with that pole axe. That's what we had for supper. Wow. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Now, they're always talking about get get food for the kids, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I sat down to dinner one night after the chores were all done cows milked, horses taking in all that i sit down to dinner a piece of cornbread and folk salad greens mm. okay right and prior to that this, let's go back to let's go back to 38 mm-hmm. that's yeah 38 we lived in we lived at Sky Took. There were no jobs, like I said. Mm -hmm. And there was my older sister, Marie, and my younger sister, Maxine. My kid brother, Joe, is a baby. Right. And we three older kids, mother divided a can of beans that my daddy had stolen out of a store. Wow. That's what we had for supper. Mm. Mother and dad didn't have any supper. Yeah, in hard
3: times. Yeah, hard times. Yeah, that's hard times. Yeah.
1: Mm. so So, uh, one one of the times that I now in in your clown days, um, you you had like a a barrel, and this is just stories I'm recalling. But you, I didn't
0: have a barrel.
1: You didn't use a barrel. No. And now I I heard about a scar you got from your chin all right around. The, is, it, is that because you didn't have a barrel?
0: No, no. That had nothing to do with clowning.
1: Oh, really? That
0: was okay. an injury on a construction job.
1: Oh, I got
0: you. This, this is at Salina. They, they were building a a, a a grain elevator, but it wasn't a silo type. It was a long thing. It was oh, right. 150 feet. Mm-hmm. And they set preset, pre-set concrete walls. Mm-hmm. And there was a... They put braces on them to hold them up and and my job was to take those braces down. Right. And the ladder slid out from under me and caught my chin on one of those snap ties and and cut it pretty bad, knocked me out. Mm. And they took me to the doctor and and uh, i come to and everything i told him i said put a band-aid on it and i'll go on home i said i can't your jawbone showing
3: oh yeah
0: so that's how that happened that doesn't do with clowning
3: oh i got
1: you i didn't
0: get hurt clowning but one time really yeah
1: Mm. well now you got to tell the story how'd you get hurt clowning
0: well here it was here in Sand springs Uh uh-huh and uh Uh, Tom or whoever it was had this this old white-faced bull in the rodeo string Mm -hmm. that was called Butch. Right. Uh, If you ride him, you'd probably win second or third bunny. Right. Butch wouldn't hurt you on a bet. (laughs) Really? But we had this guy. His name was – I better not give his name. (laughs) I'll protect the (laughs) Indus. There you go. (laughs) But he wanted to – he wanted to be a Mexican fighting guy, so he rolled his hat around and got him a cape and mm. all that and got mm-hmm. out there and got to fool it with old Butch and got him on the prod. Oh, no. And they couldn't do anything with him. Oh. And the pickup men were afraid to rope him and drag him out of the arena. Right. So down on the west end at the catch pens, they had the catch pen on the right where they took the riggings off of them. Mm-hmm. And to the left of that, was an alleyway that went back into the back where they kept them penned up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was about, oh, 10 feet wide, I guess that was. So I told Eldridge, my clown buddy, mm-hmm. I said, I'll get old Butch after me and, and uh, take him up in there and and go over the fence before he gets me in the cork a bit. Right. So I got him after me, and I wasn't watching. I looked up, and they had both of those sticking gates open.
1: Oh no.
0: <laughs> so I started in the end of the where they took the riggeds off and I duked the other way. Well Butch didn't duke a duck. He hit me <laughs> right in the rear end <laughs> and knocked me down and run over him and stepped on my leg and my shoulder. And mm messed up my forehead a little. That's the only time I ever had a bull hurt me a
3: Wow.
1: Okay, so fast forward to the time where you're in Salina and things are getting a little rough. And I remember hearing a story um, where the the preacher would come out to try and visit you, and you didn't want nothing to do with the preacher. So you would <laughs>
0: tell me, tell me what your tactic? <laughs> well, we knew Thursday night was church visitation, and uh-huh. and uh, we didn't want to go to church. I wasn't interested in church. <laughs> Shoot us, you know.
3: Having
1: too much fun, right? (laughs)
0: And so we'd turn the lights out and lay down on the floor and watch television.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) and that would keep them from knocking on your door. Yeah. Oh, I see. (laughs) Oh, that is just awesome. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, so um, then things get bad, right? And in Alaska, that's when you realize, I really... Yeah. I have to make a change. Yeah. Right. And God God must have sent his uh his A team cuz he sent Jim Bowie.
0: <laughs> well, uh Jim Jim was a was a fine guy. Right. Uh we worked hard. He was my assistant. Mhm. And uh full blood Cherokee Indian from down to Poto. Oh, wow. And uh, he'd gotten saved on Easter Sunday prior. Mm-hmm. There in the church of Salina. and uh, that was that was a long day. I I did uh, I got that letter from Brother Janey sent me one of Ford Porter's tracks, God's simple plan of salvation. Right, ever hear of it? Yeah, I've heard of it. And uh, I read that track a lot. And uh, they had a uh, down in the hallway. We lived in what was called a sacraf barracks, mm-hmm. and downstairs they had a rack where they kept Bibles and tracks and stuff like that. You know. Hmm. Well, I went down there to get one of those little old New Testaments, but there wasn't any. Oh, wow. So I went back later. I'm going to go to the library and get a check out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Got to the library, and the librarian was gone that day. He wasn't there. So that's when I jiggled Jim's locker open and got his Bible. Mm-hmm. That's how come i to have his Bible out? Yeah. Wow.
1: I gotcha. Wow. So, uh, so your pastor, uh, 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 Brother Jane, um, he tried to talk you out of being a preacher because...
0: I don't know why, he just, you know, he knew. (laughs) Finally, he told me, he said, Brother Kibble, he said, if you knew what God had it's store for you in life, you'd turn around and run right now. (laughs) Well, here I am a lot of years later, and I believe I would have. Yeah, you're right. Uh, There have been some ups and downs. yeah.
1: Yeah. And man, I I think that um if if you can be talked out of it then You ain't called. That's yeah. right. That's right.
0: Yeah. My worry is there's there's too many today that mama called and papa sent. Yep. Instead of a call from God. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy life. The ministry is not an easy life. It's not a bed of roses. No, sir. No. You deal with all sorts of people.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Mm Mm-hmm. You do.
0: And uh, it's not easy. No. I would hate to be a young man. Yeah. Starting in the ministry today. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's. Uh, I I agree with you, man. Uh, with the the mega church, metro church kind of mentality that is out there as what Christianity is today, when somebody comes along with a Bible and say they have the truth, people look at you like a put it in a term you would understand a calf looking at a new gate. <laughs>
0: Well, the God is truth. Yes, I period agree. God I agree. is truth. Yeah, and His word is written truth. Yes, sir. Our Lord Himself said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me." Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you can take that. Try to dissect that and get mad at me for saying it, but that's the only way you're gonna to get to heaven is through the precious blood of Jesus Christ washing away your sins. That's the truth. That's the only way you're gonna to get to heaven. Yes, sir. Now
2: mm.
0: there, there somebody I read or heard or whatever, all roads lead to Rome. Well, mm-hmm. all roads don't lead to heaven, honey. They ain't but one gonna get you there.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. That's true. And that's something that uh, is happening in this generation It's been happening for a long time, but it's in America I, sh- I should say I should put it that way that that uh, because there's supposed to be religious freedom um, the the church uh, in parentheses uh, or quotation marks um, is supposed to now um, accept all religions and um if you don't then you're you're the cause for disunity
0: well what people are now we have religious freedom yes and thank the lord for it okay but god does not have religious freedom Mm -hmm. you ever read the book of exodus (laughs) yes thou shall have no other gods before me. Yes, sir. He is the only one. Mm-hmm. So God doesn't have freedom of religion. Right. 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 He's the only one. Yeah. I am the Lord and beside me there is no other. Yes. Look unto me and be you saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none other he says. Hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. Ooh, yeah. You're, you're, you're slinging the sword right there. That's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, that was that. that was uh, you put a clip in and just <laughs> you were shooting it out there. That's awesome. Okay, so that's that's what my generation and what my my children are are combating more than any other time. When you say Jesus is the only way, um, I am the way, the truth, the life. Um, uh, I heard uh, a uh, interview with uh, Bernie Sanders. Um, interviewing a, a man that was running for public office. And uh, he said that uh, Christianity, um, this guy, he, he was a Christian, and Bernie said, did you write a paper when you were in college that, that said that um, people that followed the uh, religion of Islam were condemned because they didn't believe in Jesus? And as Jesus, the only way to heaven. And uh, the, the man said, yes, I did. He said, I, when, I, when I went to college and I wrote that paper, um, I was explaining that Jesus was central, the only way for salvation. And Bernie's face just, it was, he shook his head and he said, I don't think you're qualified for public office Because that statement you just made is is Islamophobic. And that's what we're fighting nowadays.
0: Well, Allah of Islam Mm -hmm. is a tribal god. Right. Okay? Yeah. And he's a false god.
1: Yeah. Yes, sir.
0: There's not but one true... (laughs) There's not but one, one true... Listen... In the beginning, God mm-hmm. created the heaven and the earth. Yes. It w- none of it would be here today had not God created it. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. He didn't have to. Mm-hmm. God is self. Elohim, the triune God, he's self existent. Right. Okay. El, the Almighty God, self existent, living al- by himself alone. In the beginning, God. Mm hmm. That was eternity back there. Okay. Yes. God was still there.
1: Yes, He was.
0: Yep. Okay. Yep. He was the only one there. Yeah. The Triune God: God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. All right. Yep. One God manifest in three persons.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And some idiot comes along and says, "Oh, that can't be." Well, look at old Jim. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I am my father's son. Yes, sir. I am my wife's husband. Mm-hmm. I am my children's father.
3: There you
1: go. One
0: person in three manifest. Yeah. Think a little bit. Use your head for some besides holding years apart. <laughs> there you go. A good night.
1: Oh. And and you've been you've been preaching that here in this location since 1962. Is that right? I've
0: been here fifty-two years.
1: Phew. See, I, I told you that my first rec- recollection of you was preaching. That's why I thought you always had been. Uh I, I am just, um, staggered by, I'm sitting here watching you talk and, and you're, you're relating things. What I just saw was when you started speaking the truth, there's a change in your eye. There's a change in your tone. Now you're God's mouthpiece. (laughs) You're speaking God's word, God's truth. That was awesome. Ah, uh, so what, what has kept you going for 52 years in one location?
0: Probably, probably two things. One, people. Hmm. People need the Lord.
3: Yeah. Oh, man,
0: yeah. Okay. Now, we've reached a, Thank the Lord for it. Not anything I've done. Mm-hmm. We've reached a few of them through the years. Right. And we're grateful for that. hmm And uh, the other thing, I'm here because of the word of God. Mm. He brought me here and told me to move and told me mm-hmm. to leave. There you go. I sit at that table yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I talked to a young man. Right. I've known that young man since he was not much more than a boy. And uh, I watched him surrender to preach, hmm. I watched him get his education. I watched him pastor a church. He's not a pastor now. He's a chaplain. And hmm. he serves multiple companies, mm-hmm. some of them huge companies. Right. And he said he's he's telling me about how he's on call twenty four hours a day. Can't leave his phone. Mm-hmm. He's on call twenty four hours a day in case somebody needs him at one of these companies. Right. And he sat there and told me as as we were talking that he had won four people to the Lord this past week or two mm. through contacts. You know, yeah. they yeah. need me. Right. And uh, that'll keep you going.
1: Yes, sir. Sure will. Yeah. Yeah. That does keep you going. Yeah. Because you see life. You see transformation. You see the act of living God working in our lives still today.
0: Well, there's an old song. Nobody sings it anymore. Nobody sings those old songs anymore. They don't have enough beat to them. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a little bit about beat. I haven't always been a Christian. I didn't get saved last 26 years old. Right. And uh I my past life ain't good, okay. I'll just leave it that way. Mm-hmm. But this stuff that they call church music today, it's uh almost what we used to listen to on the dance floor, okay?
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. right. Right.
0: Those old hymns. Yes. A ruler once came to Jesus by night. Mm-hmm. To ask him the way, of salvation and light, mm-hmm. the master made answer in words true and plain: "Ye must be born again." Mm-hmm. Now that's not just a song. That's the third chapter of John. That ruler was old Nicodemus. There was old.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, you're right. Isn't Nicodemus?
0: Nicodemus.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Lord, Lord told him. Th- Four, what, three or four times there in those verses, you must be born again.
1: So you must be born... You, you, you brought up a good point about music. Um, there's, there's very few songs nowadays that, that strike you like a hymn does, an old hymn, um, with, with the lyrics that just point you to Jesus grow you in your faith uh, encourage you and and like you said that's not just a song that's a third chapter it, yes you're right it's god's word in a song right? right very rarely does do you run across music like that nowadays
0: well we watch some things on tv here we do mhm and uh, some of this music is nothing is nothing short of junk right it's the same stuff over and over and over again yeah there's nothing like "Amazing Grace," mm, how mm. sweet the sound. Yeah. There's nothing like what can wash away my sins. Yeah. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, you you can't beat those old songs. No. They're they're. they're...
1: Now I did a, I did an interview the other day um, with a, a friend of mine. Uh, he's a songwriter, and. Uh, he has a radio show and he, he was interviewing, uh, some people that had been singing together and, and I didn't realize they'd been singing together for so long. But, um, when I heard their music, I stopped. It was like, it just grabbed me. It, it's called Kane and Kelly. Um, it, this, uh, elderly guy, uh, just, just retired. So he's kind of up there in years. Um, I think, uh, uh, she's about, you know, my wife and I's age, somewhere in there. Um, but they've been singing together in church for 17, 18 years, right? And they're, they've just now started recording some songs. But the, the lyrics s- grabbed me. They were like a hymn, and it, the harmony was unbelievable, just beautiful. So, I, I I looked in their music a little bit, and I, I started listening, and the lyrics just, it really just sounded like a hymn, and the harmony was amazing, and I was focused on those two things, so then I started, you know, after a whole day of listening to it, uh, on repeat, they got a couple albums out, um, then I started stepping back and kind of looking at the music, and all they have for music in 90% of their songs is a guitar and it's like strumming, you know, and, and that's about it, like an acoustic. And sometimes I'll have a little bit of a bass, um, uh, thumping back there. Um, a couple of them have drums, but when it does, it's, it's way back in the background. You have to really be listening to it to, to hear it. And I thought, how in the world do they have such amazing music? And it's just harmony and, a you know acoustic guitar
0: well and now uh, i'm going to tell you where i am okay and i know i know that in our own family mm-hmm. there are those who play the guitar that do i'm old school
1: i know
3: you are
0: <laughs> give me a piano yeah and an organ
3: yeah
1: yeah and
0: let that be it honey that's good enough right okay and I, I don't have anything against these people that use the guitar, but it's just not me.
3: Right, yeah. A piano
0: okay. and an organ. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's what I came up with at sure. Grace Baptist in Salina. Uh-huh. Uh, piano and an organ. Yeah. And, uh, that's where I am still.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, the, the cool thing is that um, music is still being made now that sounds it's like it sounds like a hymn and that that, that's what that's what connected with me was we're talking about the blood of jesus again and we're talking about grow my roots deep down into you jesus and we're i mean oh my it was it's just great music and they don't they don't make music like that anymore
0: what is that song Richard loved it. I do, too. David sings it.
1: Uh, uh, people need the Lord, power in the blood.
0: No, 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 no. This is a special What they sing.
1: Oh, Beulah Land? Beulah Land. Uh, yeah. ah. There you go, yeah. Ah, yeah. What a
0: wonderful piece of beauty. Yeah. That's, you take somebody that can sing. Now, my son, mm-hmm. my son, David. He can sing. You can say it. Yes. And Mark can yeah. too, by the way. Yeah. yeah. If that doesn't do something to your heart, honey, you're dead.
1: hmm. You yeah. ain't
0: got one.
1: Yeah, that is true. Ah. That is true. Man.
0: And when we were in the church at like I don't know, I'll leave the names out, but the pastor's son. Mm
2: hmm.
0: And I'd ask him to say,
1: zion's hill Mm, oh yeah he'd
0: say brother kibble there's more songs in the hymn book than zion's (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: oh you, you know what i what song i loved that they used to sing there that i i didn't hear it much of any other place um i mean it was in the same hymn book that everybody used but um uh i'll uh i'll go with him uh in the garden in the garden, yeah, yeah, in the garden. That's what it was. Well, yeah, I
0: pastored in Dixie. I had a yeah a lady in the in the church, She and her two daughters mm-hmm. sang that, and boy, they were good at it.
1: Oh yeah, they were good at it. I've seen so many uh, lives changed, uh, families brought back together, people uh, surrender their heart to God. I mean, just so many things while that song's playing. I've I've seen a, a whole a whole group of of people I mean sing that song repeat and people are crying and praying and and it it is something that's burned into my mind and it's uh, that kind of music is just amazing so uh, I want to I want to really take a, a a cap in time the last two or three months. We've all dealt with COVID-19 and uh, in, in different ways. And one of the reasons why this podcast was born was because of the response that I saw to from the, the church, again, with, in quotation marks, um, to uh, the government saying we needed to shut down churches. And to me, that was extremely alarming for any reason, but what was even more alarming to me was that when, even when it became apparent that this was not really the threat we were told it was, churches still going along with that. Now, I know you did a little bit different thing, and I would like to get your perspective
0: on that. They're not going to shut ours down now. Mm. There, we have a constitution. Yes, and we have amendments to the constitution. Mm-hmm. And the Second Amendment we hold on to dearly because it gives us the right to keep and bear arms. Right. There's a First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Everybody seems to have forgotten it. Yes. They Congress have. shall make no law respecting the establishment of, of a religion. Or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Right, Congress. Nobody can tell you to shut down your church. Right, You're a, a church is not a building; it's an assembly of people. That's okay. Yeah, but nobody can tell you to shut her down. Right, and if they came in here and told us to shut ours down, I'd have services. I'd have church services next Sunday morning. Mm. That's just how it is. Right, and while we're on the subject of this COVID nineteen or whatever it is let me ask you a question yes sir have you heard of anybody dying with the flu lately
1: oh no sir Uh -uh. no no, i believe covid-19 was the cure for the flu (laughs) (laughs) we've been looking for the cure of the flu forever and we found it covid-19 right Mm. and car wrecks and heart attacks (laughs) yeah oh goodness yeah um yeah. So that, that was the wake up call for me. Um, I, I, I had gotten just a little apathetic, um, a lot of bit apathetic and, um, just was kind of going along with the flow. I was not happy with what I saw around me. And instead of doing something about it, I just kind of threw up my hands and said, well, I'll, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. But when I'm supposed to go to church and there's no churches open. That was alarming to me. I couldn't even find one. I looked and looked and looked and looked and I couldn't find a church that was actually uh, a parking lot service, uh, anything. Not within two and a half, three hours of me. And I thought, this is, there's there's a problem here. Kish. So I... uh I, I afterward this was a uh, Easter Easter Sunday morning that I was I was doing this search over the weekend trying to find one and uh, I did find one afterward um, uh, one in all of the Little Rock area and I, I it was I couldn't believe it I just I just could not believe it now, now then I started looking at my background and and the story that I shared on the last uh, Sunday sunrise on chap chat of you know, the, the school and, and the, 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 you know, government basically saying you can't have a Christian school in your church and you have to be licensed. And, um, I went back to that and I thought, this is so much like that. Only every, only <laughs> this time everybody's going along with it. And, ah uh, so that's one of the reasons why I thought it was so important for me to come and talk to you today to To get your perspective from your life, your your realizing your need for salvation, and then your ministry, and the fact that when you started in 1962
0: here, no, oh, 67 and, here.
1: Oh, 67. Okay, so 62 was you went to uh, college in 62. Yes. Okay.
0: No, did we? When did I go to college? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I got my dates mixed up there. And I'm not even, you know. Yeah, we
0: went to college in 62. <laughs> okay. So in 62, I'm in Morocco, but, you know, a lot of.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So, so 67, you start here. And so you've been preaching the same thing since 1967 all the way up to now we're in 2020.
0: No, that's not right.
1: No?
0: I was pastoring churches before I came here. <laughs> okay.
1: All right, so you were, you were a pastor in. Nixon, Missouri. Oh, that's right. That's right. While you were going to college? Or was that right after college?
0: Uh, in and after. In While and I was after. in college and after college.
1: Okay. So you were actually pastoring before you graduated? Yes. And running a construction business?
0: Yes. So and building a church building?
1: Sounds like you were a little busy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Goodness. Wow. Mm. So, since, okay, so we'll say 1962, right? <laughs> to 2020. Mm-hmm. And you're still looking at the same Bible. Yes, sir. And you're still getting the same message. Yes. And you're still preaching the same message. Yes. That's what I want my generation and. Generations it, for the rest of forever to hear
0: it, I'm still using an old King James Version Bible Yes, sir yeah. And for those uh, that may shock you But I'm still using an old Schofield Reference Bible Oh, my goodness <laughs> Now, the first Bible uh-huh. that I ever owned Right I found Wow, okay Now, Dad was a foreman on that big cattle ranch there He used broken hmm We had tenant houses Oh, yeah. Well, when a tenant got fired or left or whatever, I had to check the house. Well, this family had left, and I checked their house, Mm -hmm. and I found this red Bible in it. I didn't have a Bible, so Mm. I got it, and I kept it. Mm. I took it to basic training with me, San Antonio. Mm. Wow. I carried it with me. Finally, in one morning in Salina, Kansas,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: our church, Brother Jane was teaching or preaching from the book of Hebrews. Right. And he said we didn't know really who wrote the book of Hebrews. Well over in the back of this Bible that I had, uh-huh. it said written by Timothy or whatever. And so I run down there to tell my pastor <laughs> who wrote. he straightened me out in a hurry. Oh. He said, Brother Kimball, you need to get rid of that old watchtower Bible and get you a Schofield Bible. <laughs> Oh. So brother Don Brown, old evangelist Don Brown, late Don Brown, uh-huh. holding a revival meeting for right. us. And Don sold Bibles to him, and I bought my first Schofield Bible from Don Brown. Wow. Mm. And then when I graduated from college, we didn't have enough money to buy gifts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Dorothy wrote the Ralph E. Welch Foundation out in California and got me another Schofield Bible for my graduation. Wow! I still have both of those Bibles.
1: Mm. There is uh, there is something special about. I mean, it's God's word, but the more you, the longer you have it, the more it seems for me. I, I don't know. I mean, you tell me what you think. But the more you have it, the more you cherish it, and uh,
3: I. <sighs>
0: Well, it's it's kinda like your personal ID ID. You're not gonna get along without it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's I I'm a funny duck, okay. Uh-huh. Uh I grew up a cowboy. Right. For the early years of my life. A cowboy is a loner. Right. Uh Up in my bedroom, there's a picture Mm -hmm. of this old old Lobo wolf hanging right over there on the wall. Right. And he's a loner. Right. Well, I was alone. I go to my office of a morning and I read Proverbs and I read Psalms Mm -hmm. and I have prayer. Right. That's me. Right. And I'm not going to get along at all without that Bible.
3: Right. It's.
1: Yep. Yeah, I uh, I was fortunate enough, blessed, to have my dad's Bible passed down to me. Um, I have two things that I that I think are probably my my most uh, cherished possessions. Um, one is his Bible, and I was reading it. Uh, we all sit around my family and I sit around at night, and we all. We, you know, the kids can all read now, pretty good, and so we all have a Bible, and we go around in a circle and read. Each person read a verse, and I I get to read out of my dad's Bible, and it's worn, and the the pages are yellow, and it's got all his little markings in it, and uh, I I feel like I I get to carry on a a very valued um piece of truth to and pass that on to my children um that and just that simple little act you they don't get to do that in a lot of countries That's and right. i'm so thankful for that the other thing that i have that was his um is a uh lamb's fleece and a what a lamb's I a don't lamb's like hide
0: anything to do with sheep <laughs> <laughs> that's because you're a cowboy <laughs> oh and when we were at the uh-huh. ranch dad and the guy that owned it went down to south texas uh-huh down to el paso yeah and they bought a thousand head of those south texas cattle uh-huh shipped them up there some of them support they had to stand cross-legged to make a shadow <laughs> But they bought 500 head of sheep. Oh. Now, why they did that, I will never know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, we trailed over the cattle out to the ranch, but the sheep, you can't do that. Right. And they un- we unloaded them in the shipping yard there at Coeta. Mans- uh-huh. And uh, one evening late, the sun was going down. Well, you can't leave them wherever dog in town to have him a picnic, so, right. so we're going to haul them out to the ranch. Uh-huh. And and Dad had a truck, and our friend Ralph Lamerson had a truck, and we're going to haul those sheep out. So we're loading up. those cotton picking pick sheep ran around us, <laughs> round <laughs> under us, ran through us, ran over us. Uh huh. Ralph Lamerson was a big fella. Right. He tipped the scales up there pretty good, and one of those old ewes hit old Ralph in the chest and knocked him down, and then a the whole bunch of them run over him. Oh, no. I don't like sheep. I, mm. I just don't haul them staking all night long. Mm. Took us to haul them out there. Wow. And then, no, I don't mm. like sheep. Yeah,
1: there. they don't think like cows, do they?
0: They don't think at all. They ain't got yeah. anything to think with.
1: Ah, uh, and then Jesus calls us sheep.
0: A good fit. We don't. Most of us don't think anymore either. Oh, that's but, what I said a while ago.
1: That is. You the think? Truth. You
0: use your head for something side old and years apart.
1: Right. Uh, well, man, I. It's it's been an honor to have this conversation. I I appreciate, Shh. I appreciate your time. Shh. <laughs> and that you're giving me the high sign. We're done. So, uh, I I am going to uh, to. Uh, just say thank you for for sharing the time with us, and uh, I hope that this will be a blessing to so many people in so many places. And uh, I, I I just I really do
3: appreciate you.
0: His grace and his love were gathered by blue Galilee to listen with joy.
1: A word about the Chap Brian Graves and the Chap Chat podcast. I'm the chaplain for Fearless Rock, Adam Brown Underwater Memorial. You can find out more about Fearless Rock and Adam Brown on the Facebook page and YouTube, or by reading the book Fearless, The Undaunted Courage and Ultimate Sacrifice of a Navy SEAL Team 6 Operator, Adam Brown by Eric Blem. You can find Fearless wherever books are sold, on Amazon, and the audio version is available on Amazon Audible. Fearless is the true story of Adam Brown. Real life. The good, the bad, the ugly. His fearlessness, his failures, victories, and the legacy of Adam Brown. I'm the chaplain at VetChurch.org. Website is VetChurch.org and Facebook VetChurch.org. VetChurch is specifically geared for active duty military and veterans to address the question of faith from a military perspective and provides avenues of growth in faith like the armory podcast available on spotify there's also a vet sos hotline on vetchurch.org to connect with the average 22 veterans a day considering taking their own life if life is dark or you have questions about faith please call 501-271-8330. That's 501-271-8330. A veteran who has been there is waiting for your call. That's 501-271-8330. I host Mobile Church on Facebook.com, different location every Sunday. You can find Mobile Church on Facebook at Your Mobile Church. That's at Your Mobile Church on Facebook. The mission of Mobile Church is to strengthen followers of Jesus and help us think differently about the future of the church in America. You can follow Chaplain Brian Graves at Chap Brian Graves at Chap Brian Graves on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you would consider supporting Chap Chat podcast, go to anchor.fm backslash chap underscore chat. That's anchor.fm backslash chap underscore chat and click support.
0: Lord, you've given me so much. I have my home, the Woodstone, that old truck that I drive always think.